Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. This is The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. The resort town of Lahaina is now shrouded in a blanket of thick smoke. And among the ruins, it's feared there are still more victims. And the nation's deadliest fire disaster in five years. Thousands of Maui residents were forced to evacuate. Last week, we watched on from down here in Australia as flames swept across the idyllic Hawaiian island of Maui, a place that many Aussies travel to to escape the colder winter weather and enjoy the amazing tropical scenery and laid-back local hospitality. It was triggering for many of us who remember those days at the end of 2019 and into 2020 when almost every state and territory across Australia was facing a similar thing. And exactly like the situation we found ourselves in back then, there are now mixed messages about whether tourists should be visiting and spending their dollars in a community that desperately needs it, but at the same time, emergency crews are still searching for bodies. Today, we find out if travel to Hawaii should be suspended for the time being, or if tourist dollars can go some way to starting to rebuild a devastated community. But first, your news headlines for Friday, August 18th. Tributes are flowing this morning for veteran UK broadcaster Sir Michael Parkinson, who has died at the age of 88. Sir Michael had been a familiar face on both BBC and ITV and is known best for his iconic celebrity interview show Parkinson, which ran between 1971 and 2007. Over the course of his career, he led intimate interviews with stars including Muhammad Ali, John Lennon and Celine Dion. Comedian and actor Stephen Fry posted on Instagram that the genius of Parky was that unlike most people, and most of his guests, me included, he was always 100% himself on camera and off. Sir Michael's family announced that after a brief illness, the presenter died peacefully in his home on Wednesday. Hillsong founder Brian Houston has spoken out after being cleared of concealing his father's child abuse. Houston said that the extent of his father's offending will never be known, but he did not cover up his father's crimes and referred to the allegations against him as a targeted attack after he was acquitted in court. Houston added that he felt genuine sadness about the crimes that his father committed and said that he was a serial pedophile. Brett Sengstock, who was abused by Frank Houston, said that while the case recognised what had been done to him as a boy, he had received a life sentence of trauma for the abuse that he experienced. Koalas may see more hope in the battle against chlamydia, with the federal government promising a $750,000 injection to help vaccinate them against the sexually transmitted infection. Using the money, researchers from Queensland University of Technology will trial a new vaccine implant that could give koalas their second dose of the chlamydia vaccine without needing to be trapped again. 
Koalas are currently listed as endangered in Queensland, New South Wales and the ACT, and the sexually transmitted infection is a significant threat to their population, causing infertility in large numbers. Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek said that the Australian government is making sure our kids and grandkids will still be able to see koalas in the wild. Australia's gender pay gap has narrowed to a record low, but women in full-time work are still earning $13,000 a year less than men. New figures from the Australian Bureau of Statistics show that the gender pay gap has shrunk from 13.3% in February to 13% in May, which is the second cycle in a row that the gender pay gap has shrunk. Women's Minister Katie Gallagher said that further efforts are still needed to achieve pay equality, pointing out that women's weekly full-time income is still, on average, $252.30 lower per week than men's. And Football Australia are seeking to extend the success of the Women's World Cup by bringing the Asian Cup to Australia. Australia will battle Saudi Arabia for the hosting rights of the 2026 Women's Asian Cup, and there are hopes that the attention drawn by hosting the Women's World Cup will get Australia over the line. CEO of Football Australia James Johnson said that a successful bid for the Cup would extend this window for a major growth in the Australian game, which is really being turbocharged by the women's game. That's your latest news headlines. In a moment, today's deep dive into the Hawaii fires and what they mean for tourism going forward. It sounded like a giant blowtorch and we had to run in the ocean because we were starting on fire and we were in the ocean probably like eight hours fighting the water, getting pulled out, flames were hitting you still. Things were falling from the palm tree on fire on you. The ash and the embers, you just kept trying to wash it out with salt water. That's Joanne, a survivor of the devastating wildfires that swept through the Hawaiian tourist town of Lahaina last week, telling KTVU about how she managed to survive a fire that many of her fellow residents did not. I walked back up there at 5.30 in the morning and it was just a pile of ash. You know, I lost my four cats, I think, and we don't know where some neighbours are still. In a place that is usually a lush, green, tropical landscape full of excited tourists is now a scene Australians know all too well. Just after midnight on Tuesday, August 8, the tiny town of Lahaina on the Hawaiian island of Maui would face a wildfire that would rage through the landscape, burning up everything in its way. It turned cars into a shock of twisted metal. Piles of ash and charcoal that used to be homes exposed the lives in tiny glimpses of things that survived the flames. And somewhere, under that black and grey cover, lay the souls of more than 100 people who perished in the fire that many describe as closer to resembling an explosion. People lost everything. Homes, jobs, their cars, some their pets. There's still people missing. I've never seen something ravaged so fast. That's local Keith Hunter speaking to CBS News. As residents this week started to return to what was once their homes, they've come to the realisation that this place will never be the same. Thousands are displaced. Much of the once vibrant city no longer stands and rescue crews continue to search for the missing. Drought had hit the island hard this season and when Hurricane Dora, a Category 4 storm, passed by in the Pacific Ocean, it whipped up winds that turned the flames into a roaring inferno bursting through the dry trees and consuming all that dried fuel as it went. 
By Wednesday morning, the town had all but been razed to the ground. At least 2,200 buildings, including homes, schools and stores, have been damaged or destroyed. The historic Baldwin Home Museum, the oldest house on Maui, is gone. The 150-year-old beloved banyan tree didn't escape the flames either. The church and Buddhist temple gone too. Abandoned cars line the roads, their tyres long melted away, some the final resting place of their owners. Tourists are being evacuated. Thousands of locals need support and emergency services are trying to get everything happening while also dealing with power and mobile phone outages. But while this devastating scene unfolds, just down the road, tourists are having a great time. There are headlines doing the rounds of celebrities who are currently holidaying in Maui, including Paris Hilton, who took photos on the beach with her husband and son just on Saturday. People lashed out at her on social media, calling her tone deaf. But as we well know here in Australia, it's a difficult thing to balance when fires hit at the height of the summer tourism season. Do you want people to come and visit still and economically support the area, or do you want them to stay away and not use resources that might be better spent on those who've just lost everything? Ihihia Johnson is the Public Affairs Officer at the Hawaii Tourism Authority. Ihihia, with tourism being such a major industry, especially in Maui, do you still want people to head to Hawaii in general, considering the current emergency situation? The short answer is yes. You know, our governor strongly discouraged non-essential travel to West Maui. That includes the resort areas of Lahaina, Napili, Kaanapali, Kapalua. Those hotels in those areas have temporarily stopped accepting bookings of future reservations. The travel industry is very focused on supporting residents who lost loved ones, homes, belonging, businesses, livelihoods, lifestyles. But part of that island-wide recovery is ensuring that those Maui residents who would like to continue working can do so. I mean, imagine losing your house and then later losing your job, how that could compound the trauma that folks are going through. And so at this time, the guidance is that other areas of Maui, like Kahului, Wailuku, Kihei, Wailea, Makena, Hana, as well as the other Hawaiian islands, like Kauai, Oahu, Lanai, Hawaii Island, those are all open and ready to welcome guests. Our guidance is for those visitors with near-term reservations on the island of Maui, outside of West Maui. Go ahead and check in with your hotel or your lodging provider just to make sure that they can still accommodate you. Other than that, yes, we are still open to visitation. Is there a way in which, if there are Australian tourists on that island right now or people who are considering going there in the, the short term, what's the best way we can help people in that impacted zone? It's been an incredible community response. People were driving in on boats, bringing relief supplies around as the road was blocked. So the outpouring of of goodwill has been amazing. In the near term, folks can go check out a a website that the state emergency management has put up, mauistrong.hawaii.gov. That has links to a lot of resources, places where folks can help, as well as the latest information on the situation. Is there any idea of, and I know that it has only just recently happened, so we might not be really wrapping our heads around this yet, but what impact this disaster will have economically on the people of Maui? We do. To paint the picture first, the island of Maui has between 150,000 and 160,000 residents. 
And on any given day in 2023 so far, there were about 70,000 visitors on island. So that gives you a sense of the scale of the visitor industry and why it's so important that they continue to be supported. So the preliminary numbers, we're looking at $8.5 million in lost revenue every day, $2.9 million a day in household income loss, direct job loss of about 10,000 people. These are very preliminary numbers. The direct visitor spending loss per day, just over $1 million a day. When we include the multiplier effect, nearly $2 million a day. It's a difficult thing, isn't it, when you're balancing local life and tourism life? Because there has been reports of locals who live on Maui who are quite upset that some tourists didn't leave or that others are continuing to fly in. How do you respectfully balance that when people are going through one of the worst times of their life, when on the other hand, you've got tourists having what might be the best time of their lives? How do you balance that? I can tell you that it's one of the most difficult balances that we seek to strike as Kama'ina, as residents of Hawaii, right? Because our whole job at the Hawaii Tourism Authority is to seek that balance between tourism's economic benefits that support around 200,000 jobs statewide. 200,000 families that count on the visitor industry for their livelihood. And so balancing that with the impact of visitation on, on communities and on natural resources, it's an ongoing discussion. It is very difficult to think about hosting folks when so much has been lost. But Again, to think about losing your home and then losing your job. There are going to be people who choose not to continue working at this time. And there are going to be people who would very much like to continue working at this time for various reasons. It's all very personal reasons. And so we want to make sure that those people who want to work have the opportunity to continue doing so. And the other thing I would add, this is something that we work to encourage visitors to do, to educate visitors to do constantly, is to be respectful when you visit. To understand that this place you're visiting is somebody's home. It's our home. These beaches, these parks, these are our backyards. I know that so many of our Australian guests are very respectful. And so much of what I'm saying may not need reminding to your audience, but the area of Lahaina that received the most impact from this fire is very much off limits at this time. And we're asking folks to be respectful of all those boundaries and restrictions that are in place to protect, one, the dignity of those who have lost their lives. The search for those of our family members and friends who didn't make it is still ongoing. Also, just to allow that community the space to to grieve this loss. I mean, we here in Australia are very aware of this too, and I don't know how Often you would experience a wildfire like this, but with climate conditions changing and weather patterns changing, it's becoming more frequent for us here. And we worry that what's happening in Maui is going to be reflected in our summer down here. How much is Hawaii tourism concerned about the impact of climate change and and with these increasing natural disasters on future tourism? The impacts of climate change are front and center in our work. You know, as Kama'aina, as residents, as locals, we've seen the changes in weather patterns. We've seen dry places get drier. 
like Lahaina. You know, just in my lifetime, I'm 37 years old and I've seen the change in many places that are special to me. The concerns about the changing climate are front and center in our work because we think about things not just for us, but for the generations to come. What is the legacy that we're going to leave them? What are some of the, the treasures that we're going to leave to them? We understand that we need action on these concerns right now. The cause of this fire is still being investigated. There were no known lightning strikes when the fire broke out, but recent footage posted by a local shows the strong wind snapping a power pole in two and sending live wires into the dry grass below, flames racing across the ground. Sadly, as of yesterday morning, the death toll was 106, with more expected to be added to that tragic list as search and rescue crews continue to make their way through the ruins of Lahaina. Ihihia says that while some will be wondering if they should cancel their travel plans to this beautiful part of the world, so tragically hit by these fires, he says it's a difficult time, but they still need us to help people get through it. All of that is important to consider, but we can never get away from the fact that over 100 people so far lost their lives and thousands of families lost their homes, their businesses, livelihoods, lifestyles. That's certainly front and center for us. We continue to pray for them and send all of our good thoughts. And and we're all looking for ways here in Hawaii how to comprehend this first and then how we can help. And so again, our our call out to those who have visit plans areas other than West Maui at this time is, is to please continue on with those plans so that some of the economic hardship can be lessened. If you've lost contact with someone who's travelled to Hawaii during this time, we have posted the contact number for Australia's Department of Foreign Affairs in our show notes. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Jacob Brown.